I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else. And uh, hello, everybody. Welcome along. It is the Late Tea Time podcast, and we are looking forward to very much this week to the uh, Ryder Cup off the back of the Solheim Cup last week. Joined by um, Dave Tyndall, as always. Matt Cooper in the bottom of the screen there. Um, his connection's a little bit dodgy, so if he disappears at various times, he'll re- try and rejoin us. But uh, Matt, um, before we get into the Ryder Cup this week, what were your uh, lasting memories of the Solheim Cup last week? Was it a good time? Very good time, yeah. I mean, it, it's well known there were a few difficulties out there with the with the sighting, and the, and the golf course was spectacular, as everybody who saw it on the, on the television screen saw that it was actually quite a difficult one to get thousands of people around. But as perhaps with the Celtic Manor and the and the Ryder Cup in 2010, the results kind of uh, uh, sort of papered over the cracks. I mean, it, it was a spectacular result. Um, Spain uh, were were fantastic as hosts. And Clotter Thaganda shone for the hosts. Uh, it was a strange one. It was a tie, which we're going to discuss later. Uh, but it was a tie where Europe came back from 4-0 down in the first foursomes and from being in a lot of trouble late in the singles. So it was. It ended up being a retention of the cup and something of a celebration as well. So really, really nice setup for this week, I think. And I didn't see any reports about the first tee falling over. So presumably everybody stayed safe. Yes, it was it, actually. I felt really bad once I actually got there because, as usual, these things, um, the people who know what they're doing knew what they were doing. And uh, yeah, whereas I might have expected a sort of like uh, dodgy shed at the top of that hill, it actually transpired that it was just a quite a decent structure and there was never any chance of uh, collapse. So that was great. Well, we are, as I say, talking about the uh, Ryder Cup 2023. And um, one of the biggest things in golf, I mean, we can talk about the majors, they're special, but that's an individual event, DT, isn't it? This is, well, I, I think non-golfers watch this because it is a little bit special, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I know quite a lot of people who sort of a bit half-hearted about golf. They might watch the Masters and they open a little bit, but the Ryder Cup, oh, when's the Ryder Cup on? I can't wait. And they really are uh, sort of glued to it for the three days. So, yeah, something about the team element is special 
I mean, you can't sort of buy the history, can you? Um, with with the Ryder Cup, which obviously Liv has been mentioned this week, and they try to do a team thing, but not just because it's Liv. It's hard to just you can't invent history and, and pretend there's anything on it. But with the Ryder Cup, there's so much history, there's so many memories we've got. The famous putts hold, our famous uh, matches won. That it is a, a, a very special week, and yeah, I, I can't wait to get going. And Matt, you're there in in Rome, aren't you? Waiting to, for the event to start on Friday. Um, what's the buzz about the press area? What's is everybody excited? Very excited. And um, what's remarkable is you just you, you kind of can't avoid it. Um, we're we're in like really, a really nice little area. It's it's effectively Rome's Hollywood. So um, it's where the likes of Federica Fellini made his films and the the famous Cleopatra that that uh, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Um, where they made and that's literally just over the road from where I'm staying this week uh, and last night we went into the city expecting a little break and kind of needing a little break from all the all the sort of chitter chatter uh, got out of the tube at uh, the Spanish Step and the first we, we, we thought you know let's let's go and have something to drink something to eat but no the two teams were on the Spanish Steps preparing to have like, their photographs taken we couldn't avoid the golfers basically and uh, so there was a lot of chitter chat a lot of excitement in the city a lot of a lot of talk also um, on the on, on the bus uh, coming in and out of the of the city uh, when we're sort of uh, travelling out because we're just on the outskirts of Rome on one of the hills that overlooks the city um, and it, I mean it's, it feels like a really brilliant stage they've you know the the European Tour or DP World Tour as I should say now they've 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 become really really good at putting this show on and it it is the biggest Ryder Cup that I've seen uh, it's a spectacular venue it's looking really really good. Uh, there's a few quibbles from some people about the, the course, but the actual setting and staging of it is, is really quite spectacular. And there's a lot of excitement about. And you might actually hear, actually, in about 20 minutes, I'm quite close to where the opening ceremony is taking place. So we might hear it in the background. OK, well, you, yeah, just turn your laptop that way and we can just basically broadcast it live on the uh, Late Tea Time podcast. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we've got a couple of um, bits of audio to play today just to set the scene a little bit. I'm going to start off uh, hearing from Rory McIlroy and uh, Justin Rose talking about how the Europeans have been preparing. It's been fantastic. I think you know everyone knows this is a bit of a um, transitional period for, for the European team. And you know there's people that have been a part of the European team for a long time that aren't, that aren't here this week. But um, I think the guys that we've brought in are going to be... Uh, are going to be awesome. Um, Nikolai, Ludwig, Bob, you know, that's, that's the future of our team and the future of the Ryder Cup. And, you know, I think, you know, we came here to, to Rome a couple of weeks ago for a, a practice trip. And I thought that was incredibly important. And, and honestly, I couldn't believe that we'd never done it before. You know, we played a practice round and, you know, we got familiar with the golf course, but then the sort of time that we spent off the course, I thought was, was great. And um, just sort of sharing stories around the fire pit and, and sort of describing our journeys in golf and what the Ryder Cup means to us and um, sort of just getting to know one another a little better, even people that I thought that I knew for a long time, um, you know, sort of getting to know them a little better too was was wonderful. So I think, um, 
you know, Luke and his vice captains have really you know, sort of tapped into this emotional connection um, around Team Europe in this week, and we've all bought into it. And um, you know, it's it's been an ama- amazing experience so far. And you know, it's only Wednesday. You know, there's there's a lot of great things to come, but uh, you know, couldn't be more excited to be a part of the team and um, to have those other 11 guys be my my teammates. Yeah, it's been an incredible, you know, amazing. I think it started for us. I feel like the Ryder Cup as a team started a couple of weeks ago. We did come over here for a practice trip the Monday of Wentworth, and I think that that was a really fruitful and worthwhile experience from, from a you know, team bonding point of view, and I think that made the whole week at Wentworth feel like a little bit of a, a soft continuation of that team spirit and team bonding. So I feel like coming into the early parts of this week, there's been no heavy lifting around that side of things. This feels quite natural, and um, yeah, the team's coming together nicely. It reminds me a little bit, uh, listening to them talking about the team bonding stuff and sitting around a fire pit and stuff, uh, Matt, of um, the Ashes 2005. There's a lot of talk ahead of that, of the England team going away, sitting around a fire, exchanging stories about how they got into cricket, etc. And um, obviously the um, Luke Donald's got the same kind of vibe going on with the Europeans as well, getting to know each other, getting to understand each other and becoming a team. Yeah, I think there's been there was the I was in Rory McIlroy's press conference and I thought it was very noticeable that he talked about wanting the younger players to view him as like an older brother rather than there being any kind of um, within the team. It's it's very much twelve people who are in this alongside the captaincy group to win it back. And I was also very impressed with the Hero Cup, which was the warm up trophy uh, in January between a GBNI and continental European team. The, th- the things that Luke Donald were doing then seemed really impressive to me to, to get a cohesive nature about about the team but also things like saying that uh, we're well at you know the the the, the golden generation of, of of europe and golfers that have have made the Ryder cup what it is they were kind of found out it was like at whistling straits two years ago it's kind of like a Ryder cup too far for them and thomas bjorn spoke to the to the players at, uh, in abu dhabi at the the hero cup and he kind of said you know, my generation has done what we needed to do. It's time for you guys to step up. And I think that's, that was like a really important speech that, that kind of emboldened that generation. And I think they've, they've, they've responded really well. And I think you get the impression that that kind of cohesion has, has really crept into this week as well. He's maintained that Luke Donald. And there's a very good video out there if you can get a chance to go on Twitter and see it where Luke Donald sort of talks his way through the team room. It's a little bit daytime television, like a sort of property show, but there, there are elements of it that are quite sort of uh, revealing. Like he's, he's done a really good thing in that there's, there's not 12 spaces in the locker room, there's 13, and the 13th is Sevi Ballesteros. And then there's a piece of art that shows Sevi, and that's the last thing the players will see before they leave. So he's playing it. Donald is very much into his stats. He's got Eduardo Molinari, the Italian player, who used to play the Ryder Cup in 2010. He's on board. He's very, very good with stats. But Luke Donald's also very, very good on the passion and, and, and inspiring the players. And it's been very impressive so far. Do you think, DT, when they were sitting around the fire pit, it wasn't just a case of sit wherever you like, but actually probably forming the bonds that are going to create the pairs and the, uh, the teams as they go out there on the course as well, getting to know the people they're going to be actually hitting shots with. I mean, Rory McIlroy there was interesting, wasn't he? Because there's some experienced players on that European side and he said he was finding out stuff about them as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a week where you, you sort of look at someone you play golf with on the tour for 20 years and oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I did enjoy um, Luke Don's video. There's just a bit of me that thinks... 
what they're going to do, go to the first tea on Space Hoppers or something or invent their own smoothie company. There's a bit sort of corporate sort of stuff about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether it's sort of, it's all these, you know, marginal gains and everything. But just to create a good vibe, you can't sort of beat that, can you, really? So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know what the Americans have done as an equivalent, but uh, Europe seems to have got that one cornered. Be uh, interesting to see then the space hoppers on the first tee come Friday um, at yeah. the in Rome. Um, let's I'll get tell, into. I'll, I'll tell you what they have missed though, and and um, this made me laugh with Matt's uh, what, what he, he wrote on Twitter about. What do you want to say, Matt, about uh, a guy with fair hair? Do you want to do your little bit there? Yes. Yeah. So I I I think we're not we're not playing a good card this week. Which we, we've got an Englishman yes. with short cut fair hair. And he's got a task this week. It's, he's got a difficult foe in an iconic Italian city. Uh, there's bad traffic everywhere. He's got to plot and plan, uh, scheme and strategize. I just think this has got Charlie Croker and the Italian job written all over it. And um, I, I kind of think that, you know, we, we just don't, what we don't want is for Tyrrell Hatton to blow the bloody doors off. But um, yeah. um, even down to things like Eduardo Molinari is the stats man. He's, he's, in my head, he's being played by Benny Hill this week. And it's like it's it's very much with the, there is this potential. I mean, the the other thing I'm slightly wary of is the the shuttle buses this week are almost as bad as the shuttle buses in Solheim last week. So a little bit of me is half expecting the shuttle bus driver to drive us halfway off a cliff at the end of the week. But other than that, I think there is there's like a really telling job about this, and and Luke Donald fits it. I, I was quite interested in what in what Dave said. I do kind of want to worry a little bit. I think he's doing a good job, but there is something a little bit corporate slick about. Um, Luke Donald and I think the one weakness he's had so far is I don't think he's dealt very well with Adrian Moronk either like when he was asked what he'd said to Adrian Moronk when he didn't pick him he said well I've, I've talked to 18 other people and I was kind of like well I don't think I don't think 16 17 18 people were closer than Adrian Moronk to the team and he also struggled to answer a question about it this week when I think he could have so a little bit of me thinks that on the back foot, he's been a little bit defensive. So I'm hoping that his decision to play the foursomes first, which is the first time it's happened in Europe since 1993, when Europe last lost, incidentally. I, I had that fire because I sort of think he might be a better front foot captain than a back foot captain. I, I had this idea that, um, you know, the DP World Tour make these wonderful videos, as, as we've seen, that what we don't know is they did actually try to get uh, Luke Donald to do a Michael in Kane impersonation and he, he came out with something like you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off <laughs> and they got like a, a professional no the voice is high you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off and you're only supposed to Luke no <laughs> and he just couldn't get it and he's trying to announce the pairings and he's, and he's, he's going um, Ludwig with uh, Victor now Ludwig with Victor and just couldn't get it right. But uh, anyway, that was an excuse to do my Michael Caine impersonation, to, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very disappointed now that Dave's not out here because we, we could have been having breakfast somewhere in a beautiful restaurant overlooking uh, the Trevi Fountain or something, and it would have been perfect to the trip, um, and, and, and Dave would have been making it excellent, yeah. But, yeah. Michael Caine off with somebody else. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
we mentioned Benny Hill. We mentioned Space Hoppers. Now I've got visions of the uh, the first tee with the uh, Space Hoppers coming down the hill towards the first tee. Um, but we should talk about betting, really, because uh, USA 13 to 10, Europe are 21 to 20, 11 to 1 for the tie, the draw, whatever we're going to call it um, in this one. And uh, we, we looked at it um, last week in Europe. I think we're slightly... Um, Stronger favourites than the prices now suggest, but they do kind of fluctuate as we approach the uh, the start. Start with you, Dave. Europe win, do they? Question mark. Yeah, I think you got it the wrong way. Europe was slight outsiders um, when we spoke last week, but the, the oh, money, they were. Sorry, yes, they yeah, were. You're right. The money seems to have come for them. I think there's a lot, um, a lot of realization about Europe's really good home record, and or put it the other way, the USA's really poor away record. So the USA just for Anyone who doesn't know, I haven't won an away Ryder Cup in 30 years. And that's a lot. That's a lot, you know. And I've seen people saying, you know, so, so many of them weren't even born then. So I'm saying like two. So they just don't know what it's like to, to win one of these away from home. And then, I don't know, you just look at the teams and you go down them and you think, well, we've got McElroy, Rahm, um, Victor Hovland, who are two, three and four in the world, which is brilliant, but arguably... They're playing better than Scotty Scheffler has been playing. Yeah. And then you go down it, we've got a good middle, I think, as well. There's an argument that, you know, say, like, like a cricket line at the USA bat all the way down. But, yeah. I mean, I, there's, a, there's a little thing, we might come on to this later, where it looks like Robert McIntyre isn't in the best of form. There's a video doing him, the rounds of him sort of struggling off the tee in some tee shots and just looking a bit bemused. But who knows? I mean, he has won on this course before. Um, so I'm with Europe, definitely. Um, I think I'd love to have been on them at two to one a few months ago, but it was only a few months ago they were two to one. But I think there's been a sort of collective realization that, you know, Europe on home soil with it, with get all this sort of momentum going again. And, and maybe we've not seen the Americans play much of late. And why is it different this time? Because you can always look at their team and go, oh, wow, look at they've got so, so and so, so and so. There's a great pairing. But from what I can remember, it's the same every time, really. There's very few Ryder Cups where people haven't looked at the American team on paper and thought, well, this time. So until I see a reason why it's going to be any different, and I don't really see that. I, I, I think Europe have, have done all the bonding and everything. They, they got right up there. The USA did come across uh, to see the course, but three of them didn't come across for whatever reasons. Um, Jordan Spieth... Well, good reasons. His wife was giving birth, but but they haven't played the course competitively. Europe have and six of them have got good records there. There's a slight feeling that uh, Europe drive the ball better when the rough is up. Well, a slight feeling of statistical evidence. It's not huge, but it's another little edge. So yeah, Europe for me. Um, they're my bet. Correct scoreline. I'm probably going to go quite sort of serious. Sixteen twelve was one I was looking at. Yeah, when it, when you look at Recent home rider cups. I think I, I put this stat on Twitter. Six of the last eight victories for home teams have been by five points or more. So that's a big. So when not only did the home teams win, they often they win by a serious margin. I just got a feeling that we saw in, in Paris. If Europe get going and get ahead of steam up, and it's getting away from the Americans, what could be you know a, a two point win can just stretch out, and suddenly before you know it, they're winning by five or six. Was Justin Thomas um, present at the birth of Jordan Spieth's child as well? 
but they usually yeah. go everywhere together, don't they? I don't think they've, they've taken it that far, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I don't know if you agree, Matt. What's the vibe in the press tent? Is it you? Is it is it down partisan lines where all the European journalists think Europe and Americans think America? I, th- I think it probably is a split like that. I, I also think it's very different to Paris because I was I was very confident about um, Europe's chances in Paris. Uh, and in that case, it was because there was an awful lot of talk, perhaps even more talk than this year, that the Americans had much better world rankings. They 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 won better tournaments, and and Europe were were almost viewed as as as, as big underdogs. And I always think that that's where Europe are at there that they're most dangerous because they really thrive. I mean, my argument why I was like very confident about Europe in Paris is that it's, it's actually a bit of a nonsense to sort of describe them as as. Being underdogs as a dis- as a as a disincentive because that's actually for 20 years that's what Europe has thrived upon being. Coming out of Whistling Straits, I was very down on the future, but I think I think there's a number of things. I think Live has impacted better on Europe than it has on America because it's got rid of European deadwood, and it. I then I, I think that if Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau were in good form, which is no given, but if that would if they were in that case here, the American team would be better if they were here. I think. Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon winning majors, although it, the fact that they've won majors shows that they are high-quality golfers. I don't think there's any doubt that at the start of the year, if you said Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon are playing the US Ryder Cup team, you'd have to say it was weakening the the, the US team. So I, I think on the whole, since Whistling Straits, Europe is stronger, America is slightly weaker. Adding what Dave says about the home advantage, um, and it, you know it's, it's home advantage for whichever team plays, and it's home advantage for Europeans, and I, I just think it's very, very close. I think Americans tend to think that they'll they'll prevail. I think European journalists here tend to think that they will prevail. Weirdly, I, my slight fear might be that this European team probably feels it's got a better chance in one sense than the, the one in Paris had the advantage of thinking it was a proper underdog, whereas this one, actually, this European team might think it's a, a slightly um, more even contests, so they need to get their head right in that case. But I think they, I think they've got the potential to do it because I think in Ram, Rory McIlroy, and Victor Hovland, as Dave mentioned, they've got three, of the, or if not the three, highest quality and most informed players on the of the the twenty four that are taking place part this week. So yeah, I'm fairly confident about Europe. Give us your correct score then, Matt. I'd go. I'll go fifteen thirteen. 15-13 for you then for uh, in favour of the Europeans. So both of you going for the Europeans. This is Late Tea Time. The last word in golf betting with James Butler and Dave Tindall. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Fitzpatrick uh, was talking about uh, his readiness for the team. A better player, he thinks, than he was uh, in his last incarnations as a Ryder Cup player. And Tyrrell Hatton makes some interesting comments about what happens in the event of a tie yeah really really excited um like I say first in Europe so um definitely has a different atmosphere and uh, yeah just really looking forward to, to being part of it and I'm sure it's going to be an amazing week yeah I think looking back um you know you could argue that uh, I probably wasn't necessarily ready for 2016 um probably would have been 
ready for 2018. 2021, obviously very different from 16 as well. Better player, um, quite a bit older. And then uh, obviously now also a different player uh, to, to then as well. So two years for me, um, definitely feel just much more experienced, particularly sort of looking around the team room this time. Uh, one of the, you know, more experienced players just in general rather than, you know, it's only my third Ryder Cup, but um, just having more experience in general, I think, is holds in good stead for for this this kind of event. So, yeah, it's been great so far. It's no secret that we we love these weeks and they're very special for us as players. Um, so yeah, the the setup's brilliant and um, yeah, enjoying it so far. Tying is probably not ideal. I think it'd be quite interesting if there was a way of putting in like a playoff. If that was to happen, I think it would be pretty exciting for for fans and it would certainly create a pretty epic atmosphere i mean it's all right that playing in front of home fans is always special anyway but um yeah i think that would add a uh, something to it i think you probably have the time to do it because singles you start generally fairly late in the later in the day compared to four balls and foursomes but um yeah maybe just having the tea time starting a bit earlier on sunday would allow for I don't know, a, a nine-hole better ball, two, two players, uh, best ball sort of playoff format. I don't know, I'm just like sort of thinking as a speak kind of thing. So uh, Tyrrell Hatton, uh, I put on the spot there by the sounds of it at his press conference, that's what would happen in the event of a tie. But suggesting there, Matt, that maybe uh, having some kind of way to divide the two teams at the very end of the, uh, the three days might not be the worst thing. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was, a, it was a massive issue last week at the Solheim Cup, which ended in a tie and, and led to Europe retaining it. Um, I, I think the more interesting question is is just how different a, 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 a tie and a retaining of the Cup can be. So Europe loved it because they won the last three matches and without doing that, they would never have done it. If they had been 14-9 up Europe and then lost their last five matches, they would have... It, the entire thing would have been slightly different. There would have been, it would have been a slight dampening of the, uh, sorry, 14-9 up and then and then lost. It would have been a real dampening of the atmosphere when it had happened. So it, it's it's important when you think about these things that you have to try and consider how you would feel if you were on the right end of, of, of a tie and how you'd feel if you were on the wrong end of it. Uh, but ultimately, I like Tyrrell Hatton's idea, it, he admitted he was coming off the top of his head, but I can't, I don't think, I don't think a nine-hole better ball playoff is necessarily a great thing to do at the end of a tie. And I can't think of a, of a, I don't even think like one player or, or two players going out and doing a playoff. I don't think that feels like a, a better resolution to the thing than accepting that these contests are really, really valued, are really, really uh, hot on the idea of 28 points. And I think it should, we should keep it to those 28 points. And I think to get the cup or, or the trophy back, you need to win it. You don't just need to, to, to win it on that day. You need to grab it back. And I'm quite happy with the, with the tie. I, I think the, there are much worse things in, in a game of golf than the fact that you can tie and retain or not grab back the, the Ryder Cup. So I'd stick with history and, and tradition. You were talking about tradition earlier, DT, about making the Ryder Cup special. And that is one of the things, isn't it? You tie and you and you already have the trophy, you, you keep it. It's, is it, it seems to me that it's three days of tremendous golf anyway. Do we need an extra cherry on top? Yeah, I'd uh, bust them all out to the Stadio Olimpico and take penalties. How about that? <laughs> Um, no, not really. I, I um, yeah, I, I'm happy with the, the, you know, as it is. You, you need to win that cup back, it's like with the Ashes in cricket, isn't it? You've got to win them back. 
And it's not like you don't know that when you when yeah, the first you know that. Yeah, it's not, you know what, yeah, you're not sprung. Someone doesn't read a rule out to you at the, at the end, and you go, "Oh, I never knew that." So yeah, it's up to the Americans to uh, to win it to win it back. And yeah, we, we all know what it's like. And yeah, I think the 28 points is kind of like um, sacred, isn't it? It's not precious. We should just keep keep it as it is. In, in terms of the other markets, we've obviously spoken about the outrights and uh, both of you fancy um, Europe winning this, but. Uh, have you seen anything else, DT, in terms of the betting that you that um, sparks your imagination? You fancy? Yeah. Um, obviously, we're speaking now on Thursday. I, di- I did see um, after I'd written some other previews elsewhere. I did see um, some research done by uh, the guys at Clipped. Me and Matt know the guy Dan uh, Dan Davis, um, and and they 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 were speaking to a guy called Dave Sampson, who's who's the lead architect at Marco Simone. And Matt will know this, having been out there, but. We've heard a lot about it being a difficult course to walk, and, and they've actually sort of nailed that down into something specific. So the clip guys have, have, have noted that 11 of the 18 holes at this week's course have changes in elevation that are for approach shots um, that are more extreme than 80% of PGA Tour courses. So this is very much sort of up and down. And, of course, with, with stats measuring absolutely everything going, um, Clips have actually got data on who plays best on courses with extreme changes. The one that, that's jumped out for me, so the best European on courses where you hit uphill shots and downhill shots is Tommy Fleetwood. So he was close to um, my thinking anyway in terms of a, a top point scorer. We remember his double act with Francesco Molinari, Mollywood um, in Paris. Um, I think he's been great over the last few months as well. Had that disappointment at the at the Open where it looked like it was going to be Tommy's week and everyone was cheering him on. Well, I think he can kind of make up for that. We've seen it with a couple of players, like Monty never got it done in a major, but always came alive in a Ryder Cup. That applied to Sergio Garcia a lot as well until he won the Masters. Hopefully Tommy does win a major, but for now I think the Ryder Cup might just be his thing where he absolutely shows himself to be this kind of outstanding character who, who can rise to the occasion. So... Yeah, the, just the fact that we've got data that shows that Tommy Fleetwood should like this course. I mean, we've got more than that because he's finished runner-up here before in the Italian Open. So the, the theory and the stats do play out. So he's going to be my tip for... What, what I thought I'd do um, with him was make him uh, the tip for best overall point score. So that's okay. Americans as well. I think you can get about 14 to 1 on him to be top overall point scorer. Well, he's 13 to 2 to be the top European and as you say, fourteen to one to be the overall. Yeah, and that's um, a four to four places. So if you can get in the top four scores on the week, um, you'll get the each way money. But maybe he can do more than that and and uh, land the big one. But yeah, the, the course should suit Tommy Fleetwood according to these stats, which um, I've only seen in the last day or two. Any other inklings from you, Matt? Before we uh, say goodbye today, um, I'm I'm very very keen on on Tommy as well. Um, I think he played very very well in the Hero Cup when he was given a, a, a literally a, a captain's role. Uh, but I think he'll be a leader on the course this week. And I think he's got it within him to do it. But the one thing I would do is if Rory McIlroy plays first in the first match in one of the four small four ball sessions, I'm going to be really keen on backing him because I've, I've broken down his performance in those sessions. And he's only played the opening match in one of those sessions four times, but he's won every time. 
and he's only got six point five points from the eighteen other matches. So I don't I don't know what the motivation for that is. Whether whether he quite likes being the leader, that's a possibility, or whether he just doesn't like twiddling his thumbs waiting for the match, waiting to get on the course. But for some reason, he's he's been good when he's first out. So I'm I'm kind of hoping he's the first match out tomorrow morning. So to put it back to my cricket terms, he's the he's the opening batsman. He doesn't like being in the middle order. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got one more. It's, it's more of a fun bet kind of thing. Um, it's who will score the winning point or half point. Right. Uh, so there's a few bookies doing that. So and this literally could be anybody, couldn't it? Well, it could literally be anybody. Yes, it theoretically could be anybody, but it's more likely to be someone. So, so say like Rory McIlroy has gone out first in the last three Ryder Cups. He does that in the singles as well. Surely Europe won't be that far ahead that he. They'd have to have a ludicrous lead for his point to be the winning point. So it's going to come down to maybe someone who goes out, I don't know, around eighth or ninth, maybe. So I was just mm. looking at Tyrrell Hatton in his two Ryder Cups. He's gone out ninth and tenth um, in slot nine and ten. So if he's somewhere around then, then he could be the guy who it falls on. So I think what you've got to do is it's not going to be probably Rory or Ryan or Hovland who might go out in the tops a few slots. That's too early to decide it. It's going to come down to someone, I think, lower middle half uh, to seal a deal. If you think, if you're on the American, then you try and pick an American who you think will come uh, down that slot. Uh, but that's that's the thinking behind it. Happens eighteen to one uh, to sort of have that iconic moment where he gets the winning point or half okay. point. So. Yeah, it's worth a little fun dabble, I think. A little fun dabble then on Tyrrell Hatton. I, I'd never heard him speak before I heard that interview. I thought he'd speak something along the lines of Richard Boxall's voice, but he's actually quite um, a very nice speaking voice, isn't he? <laughs> but anyway, that's the Assar Ryder Cup preview for uh, 2023. And, uh, well, good luck the Europeans, good luck the Americans. One thing for sure, both guys, uh, both of you, it's going to be explosive, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be noisy over Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Enjoy your three days there, Matt, and enjoy the rest of your Thank week. You. Um, I'm sure I it's will. going to be good fun to cover it. And uh, DT, I will see you very soon as well. And, uh, well, good luck with all your bets. This has been a sports broadcast media production, everybody. Well, hopefully um, you have some winning bets on your slip. Please gamble responsibly and uh, enjoy uh, the uh, Ryder Cup, everybody. We'll see you soon. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.